We're live! We're live! Fuck it! We'll do it live! We are! <laughs> kind of. <laughs> sort of. Cheers. Cheers! Sort of. It's live for us, so Woo! we're the lucky ones. Yeah, we are. Because mm-hmm. this is... Crying. Amazing. Crazy. Woohoo! Woo. I'm Mel. I'm Del. Yay! Yay! Don't forget to look at our episode guide. On www.cryingamazingcrazy.com. Yes. Maybe someday we'll be a .org. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get there. That nonprofit status. Yeah. I mean, we already are nonprofit. <laughs> it's a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get some fundraising. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Happy New Woo! Year. Um, did you make any resolutions or... Oh, anything i no i i didn't <laughs> yeah i resolved to be a good mom yay get my baby to take a bottle <laughs> that's my mission right now that's a challenging mm-hmm. mission before i go back to work uh, it's yeah been a challenge. i did i'm doing a few challenges like ooh 30 day challenges one of them is the new york times challenges oh i don't know or anything it's like, about it's like this thing you can sign up for and like every day you get a new activity so like there's four pillars like health, wellness, um, relationships, and something else. Alcohol, yeah. no. no, so like three days a week you do like a little workout, and then two days a week um, you do like meditation or like something about your relationship. And that's cool. It's fun. It's easy to do. And then I'm also like lagging behind and half-assing a ab challenge with two of my girlfriends. Ab challenge. Am I J Lo yet? Yeah, you are. <laughs> totally. Um, I'm sure they're doing it, like, for real, but, like, because my... <laughs> oh, you're not doing it for real? <laughs> well, no, my, my back, like, if there's a day that, like, I start and I'm like, I can't do this one, like, it's going to fuck me up, then I just skip it and don't, like, mm. try to make it up in any way. <laughs> so it's just, like, you do a certain amount of crunches every day? It's 100 crunches every day or 100 reps every day of, like, different ab things. There's, like, 100 different ways you can do your abs, apparently. So Whoa. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Abs could go so deep. I mean 30 because it's a 30-day challenge. Yeah. <laughs> You're only doing 30 of the 100. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, that's exciting. So after 30 days, I'll just be back to my old self. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Fuck these challenges. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My challenges, like I said, are just with my child, my <laughs> beautiful baby girl. Yeah, trying to get her to take a bottle and looking for a daycare, which is fucking insane. I think it, okay, I waited, I guess I'm stupid, and I waited until my child was Was actually born born and alive to start looking for a daycare, but people go when they're like first trimester is what I'm finding out. Yeah, so like, like a lot of places I'll call, they're like... I'm like, yeah, so I'm like giving them like three and a half, like right. three months notice, yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. so in like three months, you know, she'll be about five months or, mm-hmm. you know, almost six months at that time. And um, they're like, oh yeah, there's a 12 month wait list right now. Yeah. It's crazy. And what are you supposed let to me do? Just, let me just tell you guys, like, I'm just going to break down the numbers here and tell you yeah, how much yeah. daycare costs in LA. So Same as... Your pay probably. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Yes, actually. Yeah. So um, there's been places that have been up to like $2,000 a A month. month. Whoa. And that's for five days a week, right? Um, Wow. Yeah. Uh, But if you, so if you do daycare like in somebody's home, like family daycare, which Uh I'm actually really down for because 
that's what my mom did growing yeah. up. So I'm like very comfortable with right, that. Like right. some people feel really weird about that, but as mm-hmm. long as they have a license, you get good They're vibes, reputable. they've been doing it for a long time, right, right. I'm fine. So that cost in LA, I would say the average is 900, but there's some places that I've called where it's like 1300 even for that. Whoa. Yeah. And um, the cheapest that I've found for uh-huh. like a t- childcare center, like facility, like preschool, mm-hmm. is like um, up to like about about $1,300 is oh the cheapest. God. And that's for like four days a week. That's for me being like, I guess I'll try to work home on Mondays. Right. Oh my God. So anyways, if you're planning on having a baby in Los Angeles, Don't I'm just it. telling you. <laughs> no. yeah. There's too many you people could, here already. You have choices. Pro choice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> it took me a minute. I just got back. <laughs> um, we're a pro choice podcast. No. But anyways, so it's pretty insane. I think it's going to work out like... Actually, I'll tell you about it later yeah, yeah, yeah. when we're not recording the <laughs> podcast about who I think we're going to go with and stuff like oh, that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but it's actually in this neighborhood in Glassell Park. Oh, rad. Yeah. So. I have a friend who just had a baby and, you know, before she left on maternity leave, she was like, I don't know if I'm going to go back because she was finding out that childcare cost as much as her paycheck. So yes. she's like, why would I do that? Why don't yeah. I just stay home if mm-hmm. I'm going to like spend all my money for childcare? Yeah. Like, so, and my cousin too did that. Like, well, actually they moved out of state so they could like. Yeah, <clears throat> stay it's home with nuts. their kids. Like for us, it <sighs> wouldn't, we would be loot. Like it, it makes more sense financially to put her in daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still living on a, you know, yeah. shoestring, broke right. ass budget. Are you but... listening, Gavin Newsom, with your early childhood yes. uh, platform? Oh my gosh. Like Yay. let's, uh, let's fix Add this. In the daycare. Let's fix this. Yeah. Like let's... immediately so Mel can go back to work. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, so that is exciting stuff. <laughs> Very stressful. Woo! I think it should be, my thing is, I think that you should not be allowed to wait list when you're pregnant. Yeah. I think that's lame. Like, that's have super it be weird. fair. Like, it should just be when you have your baby, then you can join the wait list. I think that's, don't you makes think sense. it makes sense yeah, to yeah, me? Yeah, and yeah. it also seems like it would be overwhelming for the actual daycare center to like monitor a fucking huge ass wait list right. too and like yeah. deal with parents constantly calling and like trying to get on the. Plus, after fuck. you have your baby too, things change a lot of times. Right. Like, you're. You have different plans when baby's here. Yeah. And it also depends on, did you have a C-section? You know what right. I mean? Because then yeah. you get longer Healing. maternity. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah, your yeah. dates even shift mm-hmm. of when you would go to daycare. So anyways, I could That's go on bananas. for ages about how f- fucked up things are for families and <laughs> yeah. moms. But yeah. Ugh. Anyways, happy times. Happy times. Happy third Women's March for those of you that went. Yeah. Yay. Thank I didn't you. go. I didn't go either. Um, obviously you didn't go. No, my baby's too baby. little for a big crowd like that. Um maybe it wasn't so big. Um, because we didn't go. Yeah. No, just kidding. Everyone's like, Mel and Dell aren't going. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go because I was diagnosed this year with lower back issues and like that just fucks my shit up. So Yeah, I went with her the first year and I could tell you were in a lot yeah. of pain actually. Yeah, so I just decided I'm just gonna throw some money at it. And call it a day. Dude, you already do your due diligence. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that's not... I'm, I'm back on my League of Women Voters jam. Yay. Good. Yeah. I, and I went... We'll get more into this later, but I went to the... Maybe. <laughs> I went to the Chris Cornell tribute concert this last oh, week. Oh, yes. I was thinking so, of you. Yeah. I've been... 
My husband was very fun. jealous. Chris was jealous. Dude, it was... I don't... We might have to cut that section out. I don't know that I'll get through it without, like, seriously crying and breaking down, like, ugly crying. Oh, but, I really want to get to it, though. <laughs> but disclaimer, like, it might not happen. <laughs> it was just, like, we'll get to it anyway. <laughs> she can't even. She literally can't. can't. Like, I'm watching her, like, struggle I right can't. now. Yeah, so... So it's our 14th episode and I'm really enjoying talking about things that made us cry. Me too. It's kind of like therapy sessions. It is. It is. good. I hope that it is for you guys too. Yeah. And you know that you are seen by us. We feel you. We're crying along with you at everything that's terrible in this world. Yes. We're cosmically connected. Yeah. So um, speaking of that, what uh, made you cry this week? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Del really loves my transitions. <laughs> they, They're just like they startle her. They just like because then it's like she, your turn. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were checking for goosebumps right now. Oh no, my transition just gave Del. It gave goosebumps. me chills. Yeah. It's so good. Um. So yeah, I. <laughs> one of them. Okay. Are there any themes? I feel like one thing is going to. Um, is I, God damn it, my husband keeps texting oh. me and it's distracting me so Uh-oh. much. But it's good. Yeah, it's good news. It's good news. It's not He's doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good. Uh, it's scary to be a dad. It is scary to be a dad. I feel like there's one that you might have. Oh. Because it's Dell's style status. Tell, tell me. Or do you want to wait? Let's do the thing where we say, <clears throat> okay, it's a commercial. Oh, I didn't do it because I felt like it was so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But we could still talk about it because it's okay. awesome. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> Gillette! <laughs> Woo! We finally did one that we... Wait, what did they both. say on that show? Uh, something, something incorporated. <laughs> Hoff and Camille. Seven. Come on. Shemizzle. Shemizzle. Hoff and Seven, seven Incorporated. incorporated. <laughs> okay. That's what it felt like we were doing. <laughs> so I'll just start off with Gillette. So, um, usually Dell talks about commercials, so I feel I like I'm, I'm wearing her. But I do have a TV show, so. Ooh, okay. I have a TV show, too, but I'm nice. confident you don't have yeah. the same. okay. So, uh, the Gillette ad, we all saw it. Um, what did you think of it? I didn't. It made me cry, and I watched oh, it for twice, sure. and each time it made me cry. Yeah. I didn't watch it immediately, because I Neither saw. Neither did I. All the backlash first, and yes. I was just like, "Oh Jesus! Like, mm-hmm. what is happening?" So, yeah. anyway, yeah, I watched it, and I was like bawling like a baby, mostly because thinking of my girlfriends who have boys, and they want to make sure that they raise respectful men, and mm-hmm. like they're struggling with that, with mm-hmm. like society being disgusting. So, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I feel like I was crying a lot for them, and it made me feel good. And again, like going back to that thing of like if companies want to like jump on a political thing, like good for them. Yeah, I think if it's effective, I think and I to me this was effective mm-hmm. especially because it got so many people talking about toxic masculinity. Right. Because <coughs> because of the backlash. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to play a little clip of it. Is this the best a man can get? Is it We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. 
Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Yo, men, And small. I am strong. I am strong. Um, so Gillette Razor Company, mm-hmm. this is slightly has, you know, money, money involved yeah. and they're trying to get money, whatever. So, uh, you know, their slogan is the best a man can get. Mm-hmm. And Gillette, the best a man can get. Oh, I didn't even know. Wow, you're good. I didn't even know the theme song. With this commercial, they're having, they're doing like basically um, a campaign called The Best a Man Can Be Mm -hmm. versus The Best a Man Can Get. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool because it's like, instead of this is the stop line, you know, it's showing that there's room for improvement that Uh we should all, that men should challenge themselves to do better. And each other. And challenge each other. And so that was the thing that was the most moving about the ad was Mm -hmm. that it showed, that's the part that made me cry was it was showing men what they can be in terms of like checking their their buddies when they're harassing women in terms of um being pacifists Mm -hmm. and you know boys uh, will be boys yeah just stopping that boys will be boys mentality Mm -hmm. and so what this campaign is doing is shining a light on this best a man can be campaign where they are fun. They're going to donate a million dollars to charities that are helping men become better. That's awesome. And so (coughs) their first org that they're donating to is boys and girls club of America. Oh, cool. So, but they're going to spotlight different uh, organizations. So that's that's sort of like what the underlying thing is about. Uh Now I've heard some backlash on both sides, Mm. obviously. Mm -hmm. So the funny one and the ridiculous (laughs) one is, people that are boycotting Gillette because they think that they are um, threatening masculinity with this ad and that they're caving into like the PC mentality (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) The funniest thing though that came from that to me was when I looked at Gillette's tweet about this commercial. They're calling it a short film, which is Mm -hmm. kind of funny, but it's a fucking commercial for (laughs) for razors. Let's get real. So they posted it on Twitter and then the first like uh-huh. bitchy, like right. dumbass dude comment yeah. was like a boycott, like, you know, like this is awful. Like you're caving Ugh. into this, you know, caving into this PC mentality or whatever. I forget what the yeah, exact yeah, yeah. words were, but boycott Gillette. And then somebody <laughs> was like, do yourselves a favor. Somebody commented back to that guy. I was uh, like, do yourselves a favor and look at this guy's pinned tweet right now. And like <laughs> you go to that guy's uh, page and his pinned tweet is all about like how he is a champion of free speech. Oh, really cool, so dude. Like, Super so cool. Just that epitomized <clears throat> right, everything. Right. I was like, I don't need to look at anything yeah. else. Like, that just made my whole fucking day. <laughs> so there was that. And then the other backlash, which is, you know, um, actually, Bust Magazine, who I love, like yeah. wrote an article about how like don't be fooled by this. Uh, like they're just like they're making a profit. Or they're whatever. making a profit, and also because Gillette <clears throat> is owned by Procter and Gamble, which uh, is like a, a company, company that pays for all these ad- like their biggest um, 
ad partner is Fox, for example. Oh, right. So, mm. you know, they're like, they're not a feminist company, da, 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 but... I don't know that they're saying that they were. Right. I think they're just calling on men to not be assholes. Right. I think... And a lot of, I was looking at the comments too, and most women were commenting on that article that was, that were in support of Gillette, just Mm -hmm. basically saying like, you know, I'm a lifelong feminist, like I am a bus subscriber, but this article is a little bit um, reaching because, Mm -hmm. you know, because it really is the power behind it in creating this dialogue has a little, has a lot of weight and we shouldn't discount it. So, right. And the whole thing is like, this is what society teaches us. Well, society is like commercials are society right. and like they're trying to change their tune and their tone, even though they're making a profit, even though their company is horrible, like it's still doing something in the right direction. Right. And like they are a company, let's face it, they still got to sell fucking razors. Right. So, you know, wouldn't you rather see a commercial like this than a commercial of a guy who's shaving and then like right. because of some like hot piece of ass that's right, next to right, him or something, right. you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 the typical. So, I'm for it. Yeah. It made me cry me the too. two times that good. I watched it. I thought it was good. Yeah, it's really good. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wrote down so much about Chris Cornell concert. <laughs> but Del I feel just like showed me a novel <laughs> of her notes. And like at the top of it is like only if you can get through it. <laughs> notes to herself. There's footnotes. Yes, just to like prompt me through it. But I feel like writing all this down like helped me. So I think I talked about it before. When he died, it was sad. I cried a lot. It, you know, it made me really upset because, you know, he was like one of my part of your life. childhood heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to like go, I don't want to ramble on too long because like if you're not a Chris Cornell fan, like you're just like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. <laughs> but it felt like a funeral very much so. It was the tribute concert at the forum. So there was like. So who all played? There was like 42 people that performed that night. Wow. Um, starting with... How long was the show? Five hours long. It was uh, insane. And you were sitting or standing? Both. Like, we, you know, we had seats, but you could... Oh, good. People, of course you know. you're standing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you had a seat. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so number one question for concerts so that, these days. Yeah, I know, right? So that for Metallica... But were you sitting? Like, could you sit? <laughs> could you rest? Yeah. Uh, so, like, when Metallica came on, I just, like, sat down and was like, okay, Oh, yeah, I'm I don't like rest. Metallica. Well, I, I hate them. And, like, yeah. my brother sat down with me and was, like, doing, like, the master, master, obey your master. Like, making it really stupid. Anyway, it was really fucking I funny. love your brother. He's, so, he's literally the funniest we need to person. Hang out. Can I we know. hang out with him? <gasps> Let's do, like, yeah, a breakfast. My, He'll totally come out here. My husband loves your brother. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's, Let's do, do a breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. And then, like, they can watch the Batman animated series yes. and we'll play with the baby. Yes. Okay. Oh, please. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> we're making plans. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, you know. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the daytime recording sesh. Back to one. <clears throat> we're like hyper. We're like, I, know. <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> At night, we're always like, tired. <laughs> Daytime recording. Okay. Another story. So, yeah, my brother and I went, you know, when we were growing up, like, he was, like, the huge star. I've always been a Chris Cornell fan, but he was, like, mega Soundgarden fan. So, anyway, it was five hours long. It felt very much like a memorial or a funeral. And, it, you know, 
I feel so cheesy, but, like, I've been legit crying about it for days. Like, I don't want to cry on here because I might not stop. Plus, he was a babe. Like, it's so he, To the end. Yeah, to, to the, the end. end. And, like, it's just so tragic because, like, now that you hear the lyrics, it's like Stone Gossard came out and said, you know, he came out and did a speech and was like, he, he was a blues man. He had the blues and he turned it into this incredible music that moved us all. Oh, <clears> so there was a lot of people. Oh, that's why it felt like a funeral because yeah, people were, like, people doing were talking. testimonial. Yeah, basically. so, like... So the very beginning, the first part of the show, the remaining members of Soundgarden came out and they were all in black and they were just like, you know, hugging each other. And like Matt Cameron was just like, this was really hard for us. And he was like holding back tears. So like anytime a man is crying, I'm like instant like... Like, if you're going to cry, I definitely need to cry. Did you see in the audience other people crying? Oh, yeah. Like, people were, like, wiping their face. And, like, my brother kept looking up. So I knew he was, like, choking back tears. That's kind of cute. So it was, like, really sad. Like, you know, they gave these, like, really moving tribute speeches. And, like, they all talked about how he just, like, he had a darkness in him. And, you know, he he turned it into music and then like I think it was Dave Grohl or somebody who was like dude he survived 52 fucking years dealing with his demons like let's give him a hand for making it that long so it was just like really emotional and sad and then you know so like the whole campaign of the concert or uh, his last song that he ever recorded that's out now is When Bad Does Good so that was kind of like the theme of the night so his wife and him started a foundation that helps children and so like all the money goes to these foundations that are like helping children in the world yeah and you know it was just like that other thing of I think I mentioned it on here before one Thanksgiving we were listening to like a grunge station on Pandora Mm -hmm. and like every song that came on we're like that guy's dead that guy's dead that guy's dead and my mom was like god that's so sad like all your heroes are dead and it's just like the sad like grunge loser gen x yeah drug yeah and like depression and yeah just trying to you know survive and recuperate from the 80s i guess that's what yeah seriously (laughs) so you know it was really sad and like all of his children came out and like either spoke or his middle daughter uh tony she came out with ziggy marley and they sang redemption song and it was like Uh. so beautiful it was like only the third time she's ever performed yeah in public and like but the i think the highlight for me was the women who came out to to like Mm. do um perform to perform Mm. and it was you know because he had like that crazy high voice like only the women could get there so like all their renditions of the songs like killed it so who were the women that were like named some yeah like brandy carlisle like oh she did black hole sun and uh an audio slave song anyway she did two songs and like so good like i cried during her two songs um fiona apple oh yeah i saw that oh uh, she did all night thing and i i wonder if it's you know because she's like super feminist i wonder like i was wondering if she picked that song because there's a lyric it's you know a song about like it's an all night thing like i'm gonna get with this girl but yeah there's a lyric in it like and if it don't begin don't worry that i'll take offense like i'll just leave and it'll be fine so like <clears throat> you know i just got you yeah <laughs> so like chris cornell was really rad and that was like, you know, anyway, Nick Acosta, do you remember her? Oh, yeah. She had that song, Like a Feather. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Okay. I tried to sing it to my brother and he was like, I don't know what that is. The name sounds familiar. You would know the song yeah. if you heard it. But then like the crazy mind-blowing part was that Miley Cyrus like murdered it. 
She you like she was good. She was so good. Like, she's good, dude. She came out and everyone like she's like a she's got a voice. Yeah, and she has a husky. Like, yeah, and like she has her own totally. sound. Totally, like Stone Gossard came out. Well, he was already out there, and he was like, "We're gonna bring out another person on stage to sing, um, reach down to heaven, or say hello to heaven." I just combined two songs. You know, everybody give it up for Miley Cyrus, and the audience was just like, "What?" Yeah, like everyone was like, "It was weird." Yes. And then she, like, started, and then, like, everyone was like, holy shit, Jaws on the floor. Here's, like, a part of it. Yeah. So it was yeah. bomb. Like I got chills for sure. Yeah, like everyone there was like she this, has pipes. There was this dude behind us. He was like, "Damn, I never thought I'd leave this concert being a Miley Cyrus fan." Like everyone was like, "Holy shit!" You know that's shit. funny. Like that happened when Chris and I went to uh, Bridge School Benefit Neil Young's oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to one of oh, one cool. year. Um, yeah, and so his wife recently passed yeah. away. So we got a you know she was Aww. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was many years ago, but. I mean, I think she's actually well known in the music community, yeah. but for us, we were like, all these bands played. So Smashing Pumpkins played, Wilco played, nice. um, Jack Johnson played, <laughs> uh, who else did we see? Um, Cat Power, like oh, all cool. these really great, great musicians <clears throat> that we really like. And obviously Neil Young played. Right, right. But at the end, we were just like, who do you think was the best? And the uh-huh. person that we saw that we thought was the best was Nora Jones. We were like, oh, Nora wow. Jones was fucking lit. Yeah, she yeah. was awesome. And so it was like one of those yeah, things yeah. where we left, we're like, I think huh. I like Nora I think, Jones. Yeah, I was like, I think I like my Cyrus now. <laughs> like, that's weird. Yeah. But so that, that was good. And then, you know, like Jack Black came out and like did some comedy. Brad Pitt, Rita Wood. Rita Dang. Wo- yeah, it was like celebrity, like central. Not expecting. But it was. There was this crazy weird part where like Jack Black was behind stage, but he started singing Spoon Man with like, and it sounded just like him. I could imagine that. And we were like, what the fuck? And then he came out and he was like, and then everyone like went ape shit. And he was just like talking about how Chris Cornell could hit a note that wasn't really a note and it would open a portal to another dimension. Oh, and like, yeah, for sure. It was like, I don't know. Anyway, the whole thing was really cool. So, um, and then at the end of the night, the last song was Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. And it was like the last time Soundgarden is probably ever going to perform together. Oh, wow. So like the last note, everyone else walked off stage except for Kim and the bass player. I can't remember his name. Um, Kim Thale. And like they were holding on to the last note like forever. And then finally the bass player walked off and then Kim just like kept, like it was like a five minute note. And then like he put it on the amp and you could tell he was like really emotional and then like he just like he just like left it there and like walked away and it like just kept going but it like kept it was making these weird crazy ass sounds like as though someone were playing it oh so it was like a ghost almost yeah so it was just like and like nobody wanted it to end like everyone was just staring at this guitar like going off forever you know and I and I had to grieve the loss of someone that I don't know and had no idea meant this much to me but like you know I think it was also a release for other things in my life here's a therapy session on crying amazing crazy um but (laughs) you know music is all emotions so Mm -hmm. like 
you know, it makes sense that it would be a catharsis thing for me. And I think that like crying, like I feel like letting it out is a good thing. I think in in this society, like we are trained to like, don't cry in public, don't let it out. Like you shouldn't cry at work. And like, I just think it's important to cry and let it out because then when you're done, you're done, you're done. So I cried a boatload writing this last night and now I'm fine and can talk about it. Yeah. So, well, that's why they say you should keep a journal and stuff. Yeah. You just pour everything out Yeah. and then that's, you're done. You and know? I don't think that like, if you're very emotional, because you know, a lot of people are like quick to be like, well, you need to be medicated because you're too emotional. But yeah. it's like, no, like some people are just emotional and mm-hmm. that's okay. Obviously if it's affecting your day-to-day life and you can't like get through function, a day and yeah. function, then that's a different story. But I feel like just Letting your emotions show should be something we all embrace. Yeah. 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 It's just not like, right. I think people should be more understanding yeah. of it and just like, well, she's having, she or he is mm-hmm. having a moment. Let's like pat their back and like right. be there for them. And then. Right. You know, and let their body just, like process. Yeah. It's your, well, cause then that's what you physically, I mean, you know, I think we both feel this. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty well known that yeah. if you hold in these emotions and you don't release them, you mm-hmm. actually will be, you can become physically sick. Right. You know, right. You, right. You'll, or um, depressed. Yeah. 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 You know, you'll like, there's been, it's just like when you're stressed, if you mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. super stressed and you're just kind of like letting it, like fester yeah, and yeah, not yeah. like having a breakdown ever or right, like right. a release of yeah, tension. The release. Then like that's when I get catch a cold For or that's sure. when I like get yeah, sick, you know, totally. or like have stomach problems, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So Dude, it's good yeah. for your health. I know so many people with like ulcers that are from stress. Yeah. Because they don't they just like deal, deal, deal mm-hmm. and don't ever like anyway. So yeah. it was a good therapeutic week for me to just like cry. And like every time I Cathartic, see his face yeah. or like play the songs, I just like because a lot of it has to do with like death and when I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pray to the gods and the pagans whoever will take me when I die and it's just like these dark sad like he was dealing with this this whole life so yeah well um speaking of depressed people yeah <laughs> so then then the thing the next thing that uh-huh. made me cry mm-hmm. recently was a really awesome piece in on the cut um, so, and New York magazine as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a regular feature in New York magazine, um, called ask Polly mm-hmm. and it's like an advice column. It's written by Heather, um, Haverleski, I believe is how you say mm-hmm. her name. Heather Haverleski. Yes. She's a writer, a humorist. She writes a lot for New York magazine and she actually, I think just published a book. I forget the title of it, but y'all can Google it. I hadn't really read much of this column Uh in particular, but I came across this particular piece that's titled, I'm broke and friendless and I've wasted my whole life. Jesus. So the person, to sum it up, the person who wrote for asking for advice, she signed it as haunted, right? She basically says she feels like a ghost. And the reason she says that, I'll just kind of summarize how it starts out. She says, I feel like a ghost. I'm a 35 year old woman and I have nothing to show for it. So she kind of goes on and on, but essentially she's basically, um, been a serial monogamist and she's moved around a lot. Uh, She's traveled a lot to be with those partners, mm. like just back to back. So she's always moved jobs, moved 
to jobs that are just convenient jobs. It's not like her passion. Uh-huh. And she considers herself to be sort of an artist, but she mm-hmm. hasn't been able to do her art mm-hmm. in ages because she's just feels as if she's wasted all this time. And she doesn't feel good about her body. She has, she's having, uh, I guess she may or may not have some fertility issues. Mm-hmm. She's single now, but she feels like she has no friends because she's always new in all right, these towns right. and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, she says she has a lot of debt because of the moving around. Jeez, lady. So <laughs> anyways, she's all around feels haunted. Aww. She feels like a ghost. So normally when somebody writes that, and I feel like a lot of times advice columns are like, here's how you can fix right. this. So the answer was not at all that. Mm-hmm. The answer was basically like, you're fucking awesome. Aww. And uh, I was moved to tears by how this beautifully written um, response. Aww. So her advice is, it was actually really long, mm-hmm. um, but in a nutshell, I just wanted to kind of give some key quotes mm-hmm. because I think a lot of them, a lot of it is advice for all of us when we're being really hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, because I think, a lot of times you might be ashamed or feel like you need to fix something immediately with your life. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel sometimes. So totally. she basically points out how, uh, we all carry shame and that we shouldn't be ashamed of our shame. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we should actually be bringing our shame into, into light and embracing it because that's where we can find beauty. And that's actually where we can find the art that we Mm -hmm. need in our life. Mm -hmm. And so what she was saying, and so it's all about self acceptance Uh ultimately. Um, so here's just some key quotes. So she says, you need to discard some of the shame you're carrying around all of the time. But even if you can't cast off your shame that quickly through the lens of art, shame becomes valuable. When you're curious about your shame, instead of afraid of it, you can see the true texture of the day and the richness of the moment and all of its flaws. You can run your hands along your own self-defeating edges until you get a splinter and you can pull the splinter out and stare at it and consider it. When you face your shame with an open heart, you're, you're on a path to art on a path to finding joy and misery and fear and hope in the folds of your day. Even as your job is slow and dull and pointless, even as your afternoons alone feel treacherous and daunting, you can train your eyes on the low hanging clouds until a tiny bit of sunlight filters through. Because instead of running away from the truth, you welcome it in. You don't treat what you have as pointless. You work with what you have. I know that when I'm feeling ashamed and sick inside, I have to stand outside of that feeling and examine it and treat it like a fascinating artifact, something useful, something to build from, something to treasure even. Learn to treat yourself the way a loving older parent would. Tell yourself this reckoning serves a purpose. Your traveling served a purpose. Your moving served a purpose. Your sitting on a pile of gold that you earned through your own hard work. You just can't see it yet. You can't see it because you're blinded by your shame. So then she talks about how shame can sort of like drive you to action, essentially. So she's saying shame is what makes me exercise. That's what she's talking about herself. Uh, uh Shame is what gives her, she's saying shame is what gives her empathy for others. Shame Mm -hmm. is what helps her understand her husband and her children. Wow. Um, It's what motivates her to get her off her butt, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So she's saying like, you should be... Embrace that. Right, right. And then the ending, this is the part that like Mm -hmm. made me cry. Um, She says, 
All you have to be is a human being. That's success. When you're a human being, life feels satisfying. Mm -hmm. Everything adds up. Every little thing matters. Look at what you have. This is where it all begins. All you have to do is open your eyes. I love that. I know. (laughs) I feel like that's it. That's like 100% the answer. It's like shift your perspective. That's all you have to do. And like, I know. I was like, it's so hard to like, to think of doing that and to do it. Totally. But I feel like, yeah, when I start getting in a funk and like super down on myself, like, I try to like do that thing of like, well, where was I 10 years ago? Like, what have I done? And you yeah, know, but it's hard when you're, I can whip it out in a second <laughs> for anyone else, but right for myself, it's like, it's really it's hard. Really hard. So, but I love the human being mm-hmm. thing because it's like just looking at the times that you're struggling and just being like, this is, I'm alive. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. it is like to this be is I'm life. a human. This is <laughs> yeah, life, you know, yeah. like I should embrace this. Right. And, right. Um, And just having, like, ultimately, yeah, shifting that attitude Mm -hmm. will spur action. Like, that's where you're going to see, like she says, the little cracks of light in the low-hanging clouds because you're shifting that person. You're looking at the beauty of the clouds. Right, right. And you're noticing the light that's coming through. So I just, oh, my gosh, it's such a beautiful piece. I can't wait to read that. Also, here's another tip for you all. Mm -hmm. Get off of Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's all it's all fake. I know. know. It's like every time I get a cute picture of my baby, it's like, well, like literally two minutes later, she's crying. (laughs) Or like pooping up her back or something. I know. It's like, um, yeah, like one of my friends posted a picture of her baby sitting in this cute little chair. And I was like, oh, do you like that chair? I almost bought one for my baby. And she was like, She's like, yeah, it's great, like, for, like, 15 minutes. (laughs) She was like, but, you know, like, how it is all day long. I'm just moving him from one place to the next place, like, every 15, 10, 5 minutes so that he's, like, entertained and not crying. And I was like, that's my life, too. (laughs) Because you don't see that in the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rotating. Yeah. You should just, like, like, set up a, um, what's it called? I think everyone thinks that your baby, I mean, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. Every baby is different. So I'm sure there's yeah, yeah. plenty of chill, chill, chill babies yeah. out there. But like, you, like, you know, I think a lot of people think you could just like chill with your baby sitting right. on the like couch with you. Right, like they'll just sit with you all day and be no. still and quiet. No. <laughs> I think it's like kind of like having two brains because you're like, Focusing, like if yeah. Juno was here right now, right. I would be like focusing on you, but my other yeah, brain yeah, would yeah, be yeah. like in her head, like what's going on with her? Right, like, right, let right. Let me right. make sure, like I can tell she's on the verge, you right. know. Like, don't cry, don't cry, yeah. don't cry. <laughs> so, anyways, That's but funny. it's beautiful because she's a yeah. human and we're all human. We're all human and yeah. we're all beautiful, even if so, you're ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you have this or this, well, probably not because you don't drive to work in the mornings anymore well for the time being i might have it the um la teacher strike oh no so i think it made me cry because it was pouring down buckets of rain the first day of their strike and i drove past all these schools in our neighborhood and they're out there and they're red and they've got their ponchos and they're like still doing the thing and it just made me like cry on my way to work there's kids out there too yeah like that fucking sucks it's cold they're just trying to protest or strike and um but you know 
looking for the good. The helpers. Yeah. I thought it was really rad that like so many businesses are stepping up and like feeding the yes. teachers and like letting them sweet. do any, you know, go to the movies and like anything. So like there was one that was a, a taco truck fund. So it was uh, started by, well, the, the campaign organizer was Claire Lemlich. And the original campaign goal was to raise $1,000 and reach, like, one or two schools. And then the fundraiser quickly blew up, and it raised $15,000 in donations before the strike even began on Monday. As of Tuesday evening, the totals were over $20,000. And so this group is, like, making tacos and going to different schools and, like, just feeding the strikers. And so any additional money, you know, that's left over after, if there are any, will go to the Los Angeles um, Advocacy Group advocacy group fetishization yes alliance to reclaim our schools um you know and it was started to with the intention of bringing awareness of education issues to the city and to include more locals into the effort so like i don't have kids i'm not a teacher like why does it affect me but like really it does so it's just a way to like raise awareness and there's tons of other businesses like down the street lemon poppy it's like giving out free coffee to teachers and it's just been, like, really cool to see the community, like, come together. And then um, since Tom Morello lives in Eagle Rock, I think. What? I think so. Oh, we um, saw a celebrity. Sorry. No, <laughs> do it. <laughs> we saw a celebrity. We went to Town Pizza the other night. Oh, uh-huh. And guess who was sitting next to us? Jenny Mark Lewis. Duplass. Shut up! With his wife. That's I know. So and their crazy. kids. Yeah. Don't you have, like, a big crunch on I him? I have a... <laughs> massive crush on him so edgar when don't he, you too right sure yeah edgar saw you posted something about him and he was like well no fucking duh he looks just like chris <laughs> <laughs> okay so he was eating with his family so, so i didn't want to sorry to yeah cut yeah, you yeah. Off. i just yeah, yeah, i'll probably fine. edit this totally. out but uh, i want to hear it so he was eating with his family so we didn't say hi to him or anything mm-hmm. but he seemed really nice yeah and like just having a good time Aww. you know and he, like, went to do something. He got Mm-mm. up for a second, probably go to the bathroom or whatever. And then he, like, came back. And Chris was standing with Juna. And he was yeah. like, congratulations. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Can we be best friends? Because <laughs> the, couple, the couple that they were eating, well, oh, yeah. like, seemed really annoying. And oh. I was just like, we're cooler than them. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. We were literally, our table was next to them. So that's I was just so like, I could stare crazy. at him all the time like a creep. Yeah, so anyways, the next morning he, like, posted on Instagram, like, a video about, like, being a dad or something, and I feel like he was still in the shirt that he wore the night before. Oh, wow. Like, I think he was, like, he literally was, like, contemplating his, like, family night. Right, right, right. Because it was, like, about being a dad. That's so crazy. So I was like, I was there. (laughs) That's awesome. By the way, do you you guys watch Room 104? No, I haven't seen it. Is it good? It's really good. Some okay. of them are scary. Some of them are fucked up. But some of them are, like, so fucking sweet and, like, humanity and, you uh, know. It's really yeah. good. It's really okay. good. I love um, those brothers. Yeah. So okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, think, I think Tom Morello lives in Eagle Rock. But anyway, he... There was a big rally in downtown LA, and he went down there and like played for the teachers. Oh, so like, cool. yeah, I love him because um, he's all about like protesting and strikes, and he'll never cross a picket line. And you know, he's just like really he's a cool dude. So yeah, yeah. What, neighbor, what else? Eagle Rock neighbor. So okay, this one's really sad, but and you probably heard it, but my homies over at StoryCorps again bringing the waterworks. Oh, man. It was a, a mom and a daughter ta- interviewing each other about the mom 
is likely going to have to... So the mom um, is from El Salvador, mm. and she's probably going to have to leave the oh, country shit. because she was here on the Temporary Protected Status, TPS, uh. which um, is going to expire in September 2019. Like, it was cut, right? Yeah. Terminated. I, I never really put in much thought that you were an immigrant. I just thought, that, you know, you're my mom, and I never thought that you would have to leave I was at school when my phone buzzed and I just saw the notification that TPS was going to terminate. And I remember I started crying. When you call me, I tried to calm you down. I am like, okay, this is happening. This is really happening. So I put myself together because I knew that I have to be strong for you. And... I didn't promise something that I cannot keep. So I didn't promise you that everything will be okay, but I promise I'm going to make sure that you are okay. What are you most afraid of? i terrified of missing you growing up. It's terrifying. I think that I'm more afraid of that than to go back to my country. Yeah. I'm scared that I'm going to have to do everything by myself. You're not going to be alone, I promise to you that. And I'm very hard to get rid of. So I'm <laughs> going to be on the phone all the time. What are your hopes for the future? That I'm going to... Die of an old age and be the pain on your neck all the time. <laughs> and make sure that you find strength even in a bad moment. How old's the daughter? 15. Oh my God. I know. Ugh. So, yeah. Like the moment when you hate your mom the most, but like you need her the most. I know. It's so sad. It's fucked up. I'm telling you, it's so fucked up. Hopefully there'll be some impeachments before then. Yeah, just pray for impeachments. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was Maria Rivas and her daughter, Emily, 15. Um, <clears throat> she basically, if she's forced to leave, her um, daughter's going to stay in the U.S. with family and friends. Right. Wow. So, anyway, <sighs> StoryCorps always has really good pieces that are important mm -hmm. for us to hear. Yeah, like... These are the people that we're talking about when we're building that wall and mm -hmm. kicking people out and shutting down borders. Like, these are the human faces and voices. So, yeah. good work, StoryCorps. Yes. Thanks, StoryCorps. Okay. Sorry. Well, I have an uplifting one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you watch Shit's Creek? I have started watching it recently. Just okay. the first season. I've okay, seen okay. a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I like so it. So it's really good. Um, it's just now starting its fifth, fifth season, but you can watch the first four on Netflix. And um, it's um, Daniel Levy, whose dad is Eugene Levy, and of course, Catherine O'Hare is in it. So if you liked any of those. Wait, that's his real life son? Yeah. <laughs> My head just exploded. That, that like made me because love the show I thought he, so he's much. He's so funny. He's so he's like fucking funny. Character. Yeah. On it. He's. Oh, David. He's amazing. Yeah. I love 
the show. It's really funny. It's really good. And then season four was the first time I cried during like multiple episodes because like this, I hope this won't be a spoiler, but, um, yeah, I want to watch in season four, David, David starts a relationship with this guy named Patrick. Okay. And the way they present the relationship is, I actually didn't, I didn't realize that David's character was gay. Oh, he's pan. But I've only watched, like, the first couple episodes. Okay, yeah. He's, like, pansexual. Okay. So anyway, like, he starts this relationship, and when they were creating it, you know, um, uh, Daniel Levy was like, I don't want this to be, like, the typical gay relationship where, like, there's fucked up stuff and there's problems and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just wanted it to be, like, a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the way they write it is just so fucking sweet and like it really is just like this beautiful representation of like a loving relationship oh nice like there's nothing like the typical things that are written about there's this one scene where it's like an open mic night and patrick is singing a song to david and like i just started bawling cuz it was Aww. like so romantic and so sweet but i know that when they were filming it, like everyone was like crying on set, and like the, oh. the serenade was so powerful that even Moira, Catherine O'Hare, could see what an intimate moment that was for her son. And at one point, she reached out to touch David's arm as Patrick sang, um, and it looked like both of them might burst into tears. Like it was just, it's mm. really sweet. And like he says in, in this interview that I'll post on the episode guide. Um, <laughs> that the representation of gay characters on television has been steadily approving over the last few years, but few examples are intimate as innocent as David and Patrick on Schitt's Creek. They're finding really satisfying ways to show their deep love for each other. And, um, you know, as a gay man, it's been a gift to write this story and tell this love story that's just about two people that don't necessarily have to teach people anything. We're just trying to show at the end of the day that love is love between two people. It's a challenge for me. Because I want to do it justice. I want to make it as uniquely theirs as possible. You know, they've been getting a lot of praise and credit from, like, LGBTQ organizations for, like, the beautiful way that this, like, love story has been written. So it's a really funny show, and I've never cried on any episodes. But, like, all of a sudden, season four, like, has this emotional element that's, like, so sweet and so worth it. So if you haven't watched it or in the beginning. I'm season one, so I got to Yeah, get into it. it. And it's just so good. It's so funny. So, yeah, that was my other thing that made me cry. Yay. Yay. And now I'm torn. Yeah. (laughs) This is how I feel. I'm cold and I am shamed. Like naked naked on on the floor. floor. Illusion that changed. <laughs> so Natalie Ambruglia. Yeah. Which, by the way, okay, so yeah, this is our song. If this is your first time listening, I, this probably isn't your first time listening, but we always end the show with an emotional um, 90s you know, saga epic. epic song, right? So Natalie Ambruglia, Torn. Mm-hmm. Playing it now. Yeah. That's what's going on. Nothing's fine, I'm torn. So, okay, when I tried to look up the video, uh-huh. I didn't know how to spell her last name. I kept thinking, I thought her last name was with an U. Oh, yeah. So I put, like, Natalie U-M. Like, I started typing it in. Uh. And, like, <laughs> Natalie Umbrella Torn is, like, the number one, <laughs> number one search for her. 
<laughs> Natalie Umbrella. I like that. That's yeah. hilarious. I had to share that. I totally forgot about... I totally forgot what a weird fucking video it is. It's like, it's what? It's funny because... It's also funny because we just talked about Lisa Loeb last yes. week. And we're like, here's another chick fucking dancing around. In her know? giant loft apartment. Yeah. yeah. Which, spoiler alert for the music <laughs> video, it's a soundstage. And I wonder, like... If they did that because, fun fact, she was like a soap opera star and model before she started recording music. Yeah. Which gives her zero credit in my book. It's like, okay. you're gorgeous and you're an actress and a mo- No. Yeah. Like, so you're not torn. I, I was wondering if um, my landlord knows her because <laughs> be, I'm going to ask her because she was also a, uh, on like a... Australian oh, soap? soap opera. That's so crazy. In the 80s, maybe yeah, yeah, though. Yeah. Or like late 80s, maybe early oh, 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Natalie Bruglia is um, an Australian. Mm-hmm. She's she's Australian. And this song came out in 97. Mm-hmm. And the video, if you haven't watched it in a while, what we were um, alluding to was that the video is her sort of like dancing around mm-hmm. in this what seems to be an apartment. Right. It keeps cutting to her with her uh, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Who, by the way, back then, I thought was so fucking no, hot. I know, he's But not then hot. I looked he's him up hot. and I was like, he did not age well. I, I don't even think he saw it in the video. I was kind of like, wow, she's like 80 million well, times hotter than yeah, him. Yeah, but, but no one could touch that. She's like... But then, like, I was reading that he's a British actor and former professional ballet dancer, and I was like... That's really hot. Oh, that is hot. <laughs> so hmm. anyway, I thought he was hot. And then, yeah, but he did not age well. But like, do blonde guys ever age well? I don't know. Yes. I'm thinking the first the person that pops in my mind is Steve Sanders. Oh, yeah. um, who actually, he does look better, but it's because he yeah. cut his mullet off. Right, right. Iron zeering Anyone, everybody. If you want to make over, just cut your mullet off. Yeah, just get rid of the mullet. So <laughs> she's dancing around in this apartment, but it's actually mm-hmm. like, um, you know, a it's set. actually a set. And like there's directors that keep coming in, like moving her around, moving right. the guy around. So that's the whole music video, basically. It's so random. Like who, like the, the concept meeting was like, this is what we're going to do. And everyone was like, yes. Like it's know, just but the, weird and boring and. The director, Mm. who is, uh, shit, what's her name? Allison McLean. Mm -hmm. Okay, she actually directed this movie called Jesus' Son, which is with Billy Crudup. Oh. And I've never seen it, but I think I own it. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because Chris really likes that movie, I think. Like, I feel like we own it because it's like Chris is into that movie. I've never seen it, but I know that, like. It's supposed to be good. Right. I need to see it. I'm supposed to see it. So she directed this Uh, music video. Okay. Anywho. Okay, here's the thing with Natalie and Bruglia that I wanted to mention. Going back to you being like she's way way too yeah, like, yeah, yeah. pretty or whatever. So she's like, I feel so she has this like short, really cute pixie, haircut yeah. that's like has it's a pixie cut with like long bangs. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. keeps like flipping, flipping it. it around, like doing the like <laughs> little mermaid like blowing your bangs out of your face thing. And it just reminds me like how I would describe her is it's like on America's Next Top Model when somebody yes. just gets like a sort of bold haircut. And they're brave. And they're so brave, yeah. I bet you anything she had like long flowing hair. For sure. And then when they're like, it's the 90s, people are into this you like. You gotta be edgy. You gotta be edgy. Yeah. They gave her this haircut and she's like, 
that's how she's treating it in the video. She's yes. like flopping it around, like yes. I have this cute haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her like Delia's catalog outfit. Yeah, her Delia's catalog. <laughs> so she's wearing baggy pants, and I was in like that tank top. Everyone yep. had that fucking tank the top. The dragon. <laughs> I totally had a few of them. Japanese dragon on the tank top, <laughs> and like a big hoodie. Yeah, which she's like kind of like keeps like pulling yeah, yeah. over her shoulders like yeah. it keeps like sagging down and yeah. she's like dancing around with right. her baggy pants and just but yeah. she's like her face is like like fucking cover girl status right 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was a very much a, a product of a factory that was producing this pop thing I yeah. feel but um the song came out in 97 but was actually a cover of a song written in the 90s, in 1993, by Edna, Edna Swap. Swap. <laughs> and I remember my friend, like, loved Edna Swap. Really? And, like, had their CD and stuff. Oh my and gosh. then, like, this came out. And their version is, like, super grungy sounding. Yeah. Like, I think it's, uh, in my opinion, it's a, Sounds, the superior version. It does sound version. better. Yeah. I, so that blew my mind when we, when I was researching this, like this song, I had no idea it was a cover. What? You and all of the kids born in the nineties. I wasn't born in the nineties. But I'm telling you, like kids that were born. So in two, in 2017, this article came out on NME uh-huh. about how kids that were born in the nineties were freaking out on Twitter when they learned that it was a cover. Oh, see, I'm freaking out, <laughs> but I was born in the mid eighties. Um, yeah. So uh, I didn't, so it's tripping me out because let's see, one, two, three, four, five, there's five versions of this song. Holy shit. So I only saw the three. Yeah. I, I did a deep dive. Wow. So, Edna Swap is fucking rolling in some dough yeah, on this dude. song, especially from Natalie and Brulia's yeah. uh, version that was really, really popular. Um, she almost won a Grammy, but then um, the Titanic song beat her. <laughs> I was also reading something of, in some article I read about, like, it was like the era of Goo Goo Dolls' Iris and like that song or like, or her song, it beat I- Goo Goo Dolls' Iris in like the top oh hundred or something. <laughs> it was like and that weird era of... Yeah, coming they out of the grunge. They had the same haircut. Totally. <laughs> Full, Full circle. circle. She has the same haircut as Johnny Resnick. Yes. Was his name? Yeah. So, okay, but out of all the five versions, so there was one that I think is really funny. Actually, they're all hilarious to mm. me because they're super cheesy sounding. Right, right. Um, but the most funny was uh, Liz Sorensen, which is done in Danish. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other one I found. I should play that. Yeah. Also, the Portuguese, like there was, it's sung in Portuguese by this girl group. Like that's just like the sexy, like girl group. That's so weird. Wait, what's the fifth one? That so okay, it's Edna Swap, Liz Sorensen, Trine Ryan, which is she's like an um, I'm butchering her name. Mm. She's an American Norwegian singer. Oh, okay, it also sounds super shitty and funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously Natalie and Bruglia, right. and then this band Rouge, which is the Portuguese girl oh, group. Wow. It wasn't called Torn. It was called like O Amor e Elusao, which is like Love is an Illusion. <laughs> Torn, same difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, 
This is like came out around yeah. the same time as like Aqua Barbie Girl and stuff yeah. like that. And then another article was like comparing it to the also like the Goo Goo Dolls and Collective Soul moment. <laughs> I forgot about Collective this Soul. This is kind of like the shitty shit, yeah. shit, shit time for the 90s. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well... This is, like, so 90s because she, I mean, her, like, personal life is hella 90s because she married the silver chair dude. Daniel Johns. And then, and she also dated David Schwimmer. Shut up. From, yeah. So she's, like, the ultimate 90s chick. That's funny. I was reading about their marriage, and they were married for five years in the early aughts. And then they got divorced because they were living in different countries the whole time. <laughs> like, who the fuck? Beard. That <laughs> smells of a beard like, situation. Like, he was living in Australia and she was in London. Like, now she's a natural Brit or something. Like, she naturalized. Oh, yeah. Which is like, why? Yeah, yeah why? Anyway. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, why would you marry someone and then live in different countries the whole time? <laughs> That's weird. So that, that must didn't have been like well. a drunk marriage. Like Probably. maybe they were like in Vegas yeah. or like they're right. like, Ooh, I love you. You know, right. like one of those things. Our love will stand the test of time. Yeah, and oceans. Right. <laughs> and I guess she's like still recording. Like she's been recording this whole time. She, I was like, she is literally what? recording right now as we're recording <laughs> this. Natalie and Briglia is recording an album right now. It's now. called Torn 2.0. <laughs> yeah, it's called Torn. It's called Ripped. It's called, it's called Torned up. Turned. It's called turned. <laughs> she just works. Yeah, turned. Um, Natalie Umbrella, turned. <laughs> that's the name of this episode of Pot. Yeah. Natalie Umbrella, turned. Okay. But, okay, my last fun fact oh, yeah. about her is that. This song holds the record for the most played song on Australian radio since 1990. Whoa. Or wait, yeah, since 1990. And um, That's it's played more crazy. than 300,500 times since its 1997 release, an wow. average of 75 times a day. Holy shit. Is that the only thing anyone's playing? That's so weird. I'm dying to know how many radio stations there are in Australia. <laughs> This is how I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel. Cold and I am shamed. Lying naked on the floor. Then put on some clothes and you won't be cold anymore. Yeah, put on a hoodie. <laughs> Don't cut your hair. And swaddle yourself in that hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it. Peace out. Bye. Keep crying. Keep crying. <laughs> That's what's good.